Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I've just become self-aware that I pretty much say the same exact words at the opening of every single podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we have a, the same sign-off and sign-on every time. Yeah, yeah. Just, just don't think about it. Okay. All right. It's our intro music. It's our version of intro music. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was on a podcast that does have intro music, actually, the other day. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Recorded cool. a pod with uh, Adam Wathen. So I was on Full Stack Radio, and we were talking about tips for applicants to dev and design jobs. Because mm-hmm. Adam and I have both been on the hiring side of this now uh, a few times, and we sometimes will kind of commiserate with each other, but like, I wish people would just do X. And eventually I was like, why don't we just record a podcast about this? Mm, so nice. We shared a bunch of thoughts on that. I'm sure that'll be a good listen. You're both uh, fairly opinionated gentlemen with good taste on, uh, on the type of talent you're looking for. So well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. yeah, I think there were some good things in there. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. I figured I should give Adam a little publicity so he can you know, get some listeners for his small. Yeah, I think, I think he's struggling a bit on the listenership front. So anything we can do. He's won zero awards as far as I'm aware. So Yeah, right, right. So thought I'd throw him a bone. So if you want to hear our thoughts on that, full stack radio. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh work wise, uh, we were reviewing the uh crash logs for the latest version of Tuple, and this is the least crashy version ever. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Less crashiness. Less crashy. It's actually like pretty rare now. And it seems like the remaining crashes are are typically not our fault. Like it's in like library code or something. I remember in the very, very early days when we showed like the, an early prototype to Faraz, one of the Screen Hero co-founders, it crashed while we were on a call and he called us back and he was like, yeah, you're going to be fixing a lot of those. <laughs> and we were like, yeah, yeah it seems, seems true. And uh, it took a while to get rid of a lot of them, but the progress has been steady and now we're, we're in a pretty good place, which feels good. That's great. I just uh, still... I'm always impressed by the fact that you're running your code on other people's machines. That's far different than running a web app where all you have to worry about is browser constraints. And uh, so, totally, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of insane. Yeah, like I, th- I think back to us like starting this company, and I'm like, it, f- it feels a little crazy in retrospect. I just reread that Paul Graham essay on the the schlep blindness. I think we talked about that like a couple years ago on this podcast or Giant Robots, one of those. But that's effectively what you've done. I mean, so many people probably passed over the idea for tuple because like ugh, sounds really hard <laughs> you know totally. and so. yeah we also have this like uh cultural refrain that has sprung up now which is whenever someone spends like multiple days dealing with like some bug in mac os that we have to work around or you know some sort of similar difficult thing we say dig the moat yep yep it's like yep that's that was super annoying but now it puts us a little bit ahead of someone else that wants to come follow and do this too Right. That's a good way to, to frame that in your mind is like you're, you're making an investment that will have that will yield dividends down the road as a as a means of like solidifying your position. So, yeah, that's good. Exactly. So, yeah, so that feels that feels good. And so the so the latest release is, is solid. It's it's performing well. And then the next release is looking the next two releases are actually looking really exciting. So the one that we're shipping in some number of days, it's in QA now, I believe, is um, has the clipboard stuff we talked about at a previous oh, episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What did you guys end up, like, how did it end up shaping up? Basically, it's like the host and the guest or each guest have their own clipboards that never meet each other. Okay. 
So it's like if you're sharing your, your computer with me and I'm on your machine, I can copy on your machine and paste on mine, or I can copy on mine and paste on yours, and your copy and paste is unaffected. Okay. That makes sense. So like my yeah. my stuff never overwrites your your clipboard. The name for this feature is uh, per user clipboards with tunneling is how I ended up describing it. That'll be nice to get out there. That's just like one of those quality of life things that was actually semi-tricky to figure out uh, and shape and all that, but I think it's going to be one of those like, oh yeah, it works. The, the magic thing just works how you would want it to. Great. Next next feature. We also are shipping support for virtual webcams. Ooh, what's a virtual webcam? So there's like a real webcam that you actually plug into your computer. And then there are virtual webcams, which like present as if they are webcams, but are like not really hardware webcams. So like Snap has one of these. Where you can like add like filters to yourself on video. Mm. So it's like if I'm on a Zoom call or, if, or on a whatever, on a whatever call, on a Tupa call now, uh, I can use the like the Snap tool to like, you know, add some silly video filters. The motivating factor for this was like people use this app called Camo, which lets you use your iPhone or your iPad as a camera. Ah, interesting. Which is nice. So then like you can use that super high quality iPhone lens to uh, shoot yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be cool. And then this was also the first tuple build with like native ARM support. Okay. Okay. So now we will be screaming fast on, on M1 processors. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, I guess you won't have crashiness data on that until it's like <laughs> yeah. broadly, more broadly rolled out, but fingers crossed, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what the likelihood of causing crashes there is uh, versus not, but we'll find out. I think crashes, like for us, said, will kind of always be a thing that we're dealing with. Yeah, right. Um, so, you know, it's it's good to be in a good spot right now. If we regress a little bit, we'll, we'll work on it. And that's that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So that's the upcoming release. And then after that, we're, we've sort of broken ground on partial screen sharing, which I think is going to be really cool. This is the thing to address if you have like a 49-inch widescreen monitor. And I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do we... What do we do? Yep, yep. Um, and I think we've got a pretty solid solution and we're starting to code it up and yeah it's i'm excited about this one this is like super frequently requested so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do you just like select a region of your screen then that is partially shared is that basically how it works yep that's basically what it's going to be okay yeah it's kind of like you we're gonna let people draw a box on the screen and then that's what gets shared very cool yep with possibly some shortcuts for like one click you know share the left half share the right half share the top half that kind of thing Almost like you have like kind of like a window manager, but for the shared selection. Yep. Yep. It's going to be nice. It's it's really fun to ship things that people are have been requesting. That's like makes me happiest. Yeah. These all feel like kind of quality of life things, like just making the product even more of a joy to use, right? People get delighted at first by the probably the performance aspect of it and kind of the, the simple nature of it. And then, uh, yeah, if you can continue to, to hack away on that quality of life, you're only deepening the love probably um, yeah it also feels like we're kind of getting there on like kind of like blocker features or like things that like really significantly impact you negatively i guess like the the partial screen sharing thing like if you can't share part of your display it's there's not any great workaround it's like okay i guess i'll just share my laptop screen instead or like like this person will just kind of suffer and not be able to see what's going on and that's not great i know we'll never like be done and like there'll be no features to ship but when I think of the list of like, okay, what are like the what are the major things that people are asking for that do feel like, yeah, that's just missing and we should have an answer to it. That list, I think we're kind of chipping away at it. 
the product designer that you were doing a trial with is is he started yet or is no he starts okay. uh february 1st okay all right well that'll oh, be which good. Is quite exciting yeah like for this partial screen sharing this we need to make changes to like the popover ui mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to need icons and copy and all this stuff so this is going to be i think his first major project will be this yeah feels like a lot of these things kind of coming up are going to require or it'd be nice to have the the light touch of a of a good designer uh, totally yeah. I'm super excited to yeah have a, a person dedicated to this this job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it's going to unblock us quite a bit on on some of these things we've been thinking about for a while. Yeah, I have a feeling it's once he really gets rolling, there's going to be just so much work for him to do in a good way. You know? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, like the the fact that the popover has not changed at all since you worked on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is like nine months ago or something. Is like, it that long? Well, I think it was March um wow yeah that's crazy i know well yeah so right so like the that's not like all the ui but it's most of it and that's just been static there's work to do there's yeah. a lot of i mean it's practically like, perfect as is right but yeah I mean, exactly i yeah. mean yeah once you put Derek reimer on a problem the thing that comes out <laughs> could stand the test of time oh, but man. we're a little startup company so like you would expect our stuff to be changing kind of a lot right yeah and rapidly yeah. evolving and we've mostly not been doing rapid development on the ui part and so it's there's a big kind of backlog of stuff there i think i saw you commenting on like the dropbox ui how it's become kind of a nightmare now and it used to just be very simple do you ever worry about tuple getting that way yeah oh totally i mean i think everyone should worry about all products getting that way that they are responsible for because by default, you just keep adding stuff. Like People tend to not get excited about removing things. I do get excited about removing things, and I try to make us do it. Sometimes it's the right call, sometimes it's not. Recently, I was like, hey, we should remove this like mouse mode. And we pulled, because it had the lowest usage of all the modes. And so we pulled it out, and the response was like, no! The people that give, liked it really it liked it. <laughs> give it back. Yeah. yeah. But we should have that kind of error happening. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're not being aggressive enough with trying to trim things. Right. Yeah, so. totally. I mean, I think that's that's something I'm thinking about too. Like, uh, you know, SavvyCal right now is I'm trying to build a power tool, but it actually a lot of people perceive it as like a simpler, more elegant, like easy to understand tool. And that's something that I'm always just thinking about, like as I'm weighing these kind of more advanced features that help help people do things more automatically and stuff. It's like, how do I make sure I keep the intuitiveness there and the simplicity there? Because that's something I think people really value. Right. That's that's the magic. If you can make a power tool that also feels simple. Feels like consumer like grade, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like the, the people that want the simple stuff are not overwhelmed and the people that want the advanced behavior can find it. Yep. That's I mean, that's like a, that's super, super hard, I think. But that's like when I think you've made some really valuable software. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's where, that's where I'm like, we're trying to driving towards because we, we have a power user style audience or like customer base having a lot of dials and knobs for these people it is pretty reasonable this is the, uh, a customer base that like is used to like command line flags right like you have ls and then ls has like you know a 40 page manual of the different flags you can pass to it mm-hmm. but ls also just works if you just have ls just goes i kind of want something like that well not quite that complex to be but like it's so like we should present like really great defaults the first run experience should be great if you don't tweak anything it should just be great but if you've done 20 calls, you go, you know, I really don't like the way you guys did this. And like, that's like a good and reasonable change to make or like, or like a tweak to have. I think we should support that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a graceful, it gracefully enhances, right? Like if you need, mm-hmm. if you need more mm-hmm. power, you can get there 
But if you don't need it, it doesn't, the power is not right there in front of your face. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not overwhelming people. And the simple use case is, is truly simple to do. Mm-hmm. We don't have like mandatory choices. It's like, yeah, out of the box, it works great. And if you have other thoughts, that's, we can maybe support you if, if they match what we want to do. Speaking of that sort of thing, Spencer's been doing a little bit of Linux work. I saw him his uh, tweet about uh, yeah. cracking cracking open the new GitHub repo <laughs> for the Linux code base. Exactly. The yeah. official plan was to start uh, in the second quarter, but I think he's just excited and wants to wants to get going. Not surprising. <laughs> I would yeah, be too. Totally. for him. Yeah. Yeah. You, you give a developer a greenfield project, and they're uh, pretty. It's hard to keep them out of it. Oh yeah. Yeah, we need a landing page for this. Pretty pretty stat is on my list of things. I have a like a uh, type form kind of thing, just like t- like drop your email here for when you want. Like I'm gonna set up just like a tuple.app slash Linux that for you know the next couple of weeks is gonna be a type form, but eventually I think it should be like a mini little kind of landing page for the for the actual app. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking I'm actually gonna have it. So I think it's gonna be a landing page, like short description of what we're doing. Drop your email here if you want to hear when we launch it, and then I think after you submit the email, I'm gonna take people to a sales page. Mm-hmm. and basically say look if you want to be in the alpha we think it's going to launch on the like around here and if you'll give you access to it during the alpha and the beta and you get to shape the product and give feedback and all that click here to go to stripe checkout and pay us some number of dollars for your team yeah yeah i like that yeah optimize for capturing the emails first so then you can right yeah yeah and i think that's that'll cool. work i think some people will do that mm-hmm. i think some people will be offended and that's fine it's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny when people are like, I've already seen this. This happened with our the first version of our app, and I'm seeing it now with the Linux thing too, where people are like, let me know if you need testers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, we need customers. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Nobody yeah. needs testers. Testers are fine, but what you, what you need is customers. Say thank you. We're actually testing this live, so go ahead and sign up. And uh, <laughs> we're testing in production. <laughs> I'm testing whether people will pay for this. Uh, so if you could help me test that, that would be great. Yep. Yep. I don't like fault people for this. It's a. It's a. It, they mean well. You know, it's a nice. Of impulse. course. Yes. But at the same yep. time, it's like, yeah, it's not that valuable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna get lots of customer feedback, but I think we can also get it from people that are willing to pay for software that they want to use. Sure. Yep. And they're the most, I mean, it aligns incentives. They're most invested. If they're actually paying for the Linux client, then, you know, incentives are aligned there. Totally. And we've seen this in multiple ways where, like, if people don't pay for a thing, they tend to not use it. Yeah. Right. Right. In the earliest days, we charged for trials. So, like, a tuple trial is 100 bucks for your first month for your team. And I, I sometimes fantasize about going back to that because we had, like, crazy high conversion rates because anyone that actually did that would actually try it out and use it. Like we have trials now, there's always a like percentage of trials that just like never get going. Like they sign up, someone enters a credit card and like that's where it ends. They don't ever install the app. They don't invite teammates. It's just like, all right, I guess that was a trial, but not really. Whereas when we had, we would actually charge people money up front. It was just like everyone tried it at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, part of me wants to like try going back to that. It sounds crazy, but I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I mean that's something I'm I'm always thinking about too. But it's really hard to test that, right? Because conditions are changing all the time. So how do you really know if like pulling a trial away, it's going to obviously reduce the number of people who sign up? But is that more optimal than than the level when you did have a trial and you were converting a certain percentage of those? I don't know. You know. Yeah, 
it's kind of madness like people would tell tell me like i signed up on my personal credit card and paid the hundred dollars because i wanted my team to try this and then like then i switched like it wasn't worth getting reimbursed and then i switched to my company card and like that's not really what i want to have happen in the world like and i've talked before about how like the buying process at software companies is does not super match like credit card upfront trials let alone payment upfront trials you don't have to serve everybody you know Mm -hmm. right right i mean it's probably something that you know the the most early adopter type of people kind of like our discussion we were having last episode they're probably more more apt to just pay up front for it and that's good for like validating at the early stages but now now that you have a much broader deeper into the market like that may be less palatable (laughs) i would say (laughs) sure yep there's a lot of debates back and forth on like various ways to do things in business and i'm starting to like feel emotionally or like like viscerally more viscerally that there are lots of ways to do it and it's less about where in the solution space is the optimal answer and more like of these three or four options which set of trade-offs do you like the best yeah Uh, that's a really healthy way to see it i think um Mm -hmm. it's and that's the place i got to with programming Mm -hmm. and it took like a decade or something the more you learn about programming the more you answer questions with well it depends like when i made my refactoring rails course a lot of my advice was kind of like this approach has these benefits and these drawbacks and this approach has these these set and so you should decide on which one makes sense for you and less sort of explicit advice like never use x or always use y when giving advice that's always most helpful like prescriptive advice is just nearly useless because it almost always depends so if you're not helping people if you help people think through a framework on how to how to think about a problem you're doing a much better service than just saying like this worked for me then therefore i think this works for everybody you know Mm -hmm. yeah so i'm trying to like adopt that sort of mindset for for business stuff too a lot of times the most optimal thing is like do enterprise sales and go up market and Mm. well optimal for certain certain things right 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 well if maybe maybe revenue maximization or growth or something like that you know like you could potentially argue that that's the way to get the most money in your coffers the fastest but is that the kind of business you want to build is that the kind of customer you want to serve perhaps not you know and i don't think i don't think every app has to inevitably go up market and 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 play that game you know yeah like you could make a enterprise long sales process kind of thing or you could make a freemium thing and like they both have pros and cons they're both legitimate approaches you're going to end up with a very different like company shape and product shape and customer shape i think this is why people like there's this like refrain of like you gotta figure out what like your values are like what what are your what are your what do you like and what do you care about and how what do you think about the world and use that to inform those downstream decisions because there's a lot of valid ones there you just gotta pick Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean even the kind of conventional advice of like raise your prices because you're probably undercharging like is valuable in in many respects but also like i'm really loving the fact that i'm charging 12 dollars per seat right now and if someone churns that's only minus 12 off the <laughs> off the revenue mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and i know this is something that like 37 signals talked about like way early on if you can get to the place where you have like thousands of customers paying a small amount of money each month like the amount of power that any one customer has over the business is very small and and there's a lot of pros to that now it's hard to get there a lot in a lot of ways you know like you can get there faster if you have a hundred dollar a month product um you can potentially get to like default live revenue faster but there are definitely advantages to having you know small amounts many small amounts coming in the door mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. So uh, what's going on in, in your part of the world? I'm celebrating kind of a milestone, just crossed over this line uh, a couple days ago. SavvyCal is officially the highest MRR generating SaaS app that I've done on my own. So aside Ooh. from Drip. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Code Tree was the previously held the number one spot. It had reached about just, just under 4500 a month in MRR. And uh, we just crossed over that with SavvyCal. So. Wow. How much has it changed in the last 30 days? <laughs> yeah, we basically doubled in the last okay. in the last, uh, last 30 days. Yeah. Product Hunt well, that's has, pretty okay. Product Hunt has set us, uh, set us off on a really great start for the year. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Feels like uh, some of that Corey Haynes magic. Yeah. Corey's, Corey's killing it, man. And speaking of Corey Haynes magic, we're, we just um, pushed another marketing campaign today that I'm extremely excited about. I think it's going to mm. generate some nice buzz. Yeah. Tell us about it. So one of the things that I hear often from people is like, hey, really, really like what you're doing with Savvy Cal. I just like a couple months ago renewed my annual Calendly subscription. So, you know, maybe when that's when that's up, I'll I'll give you guys a look. I'll keep an eye on what you're doing. I think Calendly really pushes the annual plans to try to lock people in. So huh, that sounds smart. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not not necessarily a bad call. So this was just like a shower thought, one of those like you know, just thinking about know, growth stuff and uh, and had this idea for like, what if we offered to buy out the remainder of your Calendly subscription if you're on annual? I threw this in a doc, like after I had the idea, threw it in a doc and I was like, okay, Corey, we just kind of have this like, anything is fair game in this doc that we put in there. It may, they're not well-formed ideas. It's just throwing stuff at the wall, crazy, crazy ideas, crazier the better, you know? And this kind of went went on that canvas this might be a horrible idea, but I don't know, just a thought. And Corey was like, oh, I really like that. I think we should do that. And so it started to come together last month as we were kind of thinking about what, what to do in January to hopefully keep riding momentum if Product Hunt works out well, which it has. Yeah, we kind of decided to do this. So we basically have a landing page. Here's how it works. The offer is pretty simple. We'll buy out the remainder of your annual Calendly subscription when you go annual with us. So you just forward us your receipt and it has, you know, obviously the date that you paid so we can calculate how much credit is left on your subscription there. And we'll just take that dollar amount and apply it as a credit towards uh, your annual SavvyCal account. Um, so cool. Yeah. I really dig that. Yeah. And the nice thing is like we are slightly more expensive than Calendly. So this should by and large be still cash flow positive. Like I don't think we'll be you know, we'll still be like charging a little bit, but and they'll get a year's worth of service with us, uh, depending on yeah. how much. Well, how much even in the worst case, they signed up for Calendly yesterday. Right. You're still making money. Exactly. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I, I love that it's just like, oh, just address that objection. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you had this objection. All right, it's gone now. Now what? Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, it's so cool. And so in the last couple of days, it's happened. It's happened a couple of times in the product hunt comment thread. People are like, oh, man, this looks really cool. Just paid for Calendly. Such a bummer. You know, it's like I've started teasing people. He's like, I might have something for you in the next couple of days. We'll, we'll circle back. Well, I, I love that you didn't try to build some automated re, like Calendly reimbursement bot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Just like just send it to us. and We'll, we'll do it. Just forward a receipt. And by us, That's I all. mean you, Derek. Yeah, exactly. Run a calculator. <laughs> yep pretty much pretty much so they're going to sign up for savvy cal 
pay you for a year is that going to be 120 a person a year uh yes yep okay and then be like oh here here's my receipt and just say okay you had 50 dollars left on this i refunded you 50 from your 120 yes although we'll probably try um, hopefully most people will do this like during their trial so you sign up for your seven-day trial put your credit card on file and then forward your receipt and like hey i want the i want to take you up on that i calculate the, the credit and then i'll just like move you manually to an annual plan and give you the credit so when you know, when your seven-day trial is up and it renews it'll just be the the delta that we charge you gotcha so, okay. yep yep cool i also just kind of love it it's, it's like kind of aggressive yeah i i like that it's a little bit subversive a little bit like you know yeah it has a bit of cleverness well, to it you're competing in a place where there's such a clear like current leader mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people would kind of shy away from mentioning them or like confronting them and you're like you like roll out this like here's why we think we're better than calendly for some people and then it's like all right if you're stuck on there no problem we're going to take care of that for you just like really kind of get in their faces a little bit <laughs> i don't want to be a, a, a negative person or like or, or rag on them too badly but i think it is it's a huge market they're doing well obviously i think there's room for for both of us and so they're a big enough player in the space where like i don't i don't foresee myself doing any meaningful harm to their business anytime soon but it's like yeah i mean it's it's ca- casting a clear set of differences and letting the market decide what they want to do and hopefully helping overcome those objections as much as possible yep yeah totally i, I see no negative intent here or something i mean like business yep. is competitive yep but it's yeah no i think it's i think it's great i'm, I'm stoked to see how this goes you like you just shipped this do you haven't do you yeah, want, like, like check your so literally the email went out as we hopped on this podcast at 9 15 a.m on thursday and so i need to tweet it out too um but yeah i already started, started seeing like tweets coming in and stuff right before we hit record and i just had to had to close all those windows so i could uh focus here <laughs> i almost want you to look at them right now and just tell us how it's going <laughs> yeah i'm curious let's see pull, pull something up let me let me see what you got yeah let's see uh, twitter oh okay there's a lot i i just when i opened twitter it was 20 plus notifications like it was more notifications than than it wanted to give me an upfront count for yeah lots of people just independently talking about it i think this is going to go somewhere <laughs> very cool yeah awesome well i'm stoked for you it'll be good to get a good uh do an update next next time yeah for sure i will definitely share the results here cool my doubled mrr in a month that's pretty solid yeah, it's I'm I'm also slightly concerned that like I'll it'll maybe I'll never be able to top this month. So like I need to make sure keep my expectations in check, but uh, yeah, enjoying it while while in it, you know. Mhm. Totally. And I mean, I think you're see, I I have a hunch that with this you will see like if you can figure out a good like marketing initiative every month-ish, then maybe you can keep us up for a while. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about the the ideas doc that we have. We have the next couple of weeks kind of planned out tentatively on like, all right, here's what we want to hit on the content front. And here's some other like marketing specific campaigns similar to this one that we could do. And um, so I just want to keep that keep that train rolling. Nice. I actually have yeah. a thing in progress in the early phases that are is along those lines that I'll, I'll talk about next week. Nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we're good to getting on the marketing train as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else going on? Um, just one other thing I'll I'll mention. Uh, I shipped a team scheduling 
feature that I'm pretty excited about called basically collective scheduling links for your teammates. So now you can, uh, it's just an, an extra option on your scheduling links. You can add your teammates and it'll take the intersection of their, of all your availability and only present that and then tag can include all those attendees on, on events. So this was like the number one team scheduling link feature and got that out the door this week. Pretty stoked about it. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the, I saw the announcement. That was, that's handy. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, very cool. Seems like you're uh, you're kind of on fire lately. Yeah, it's um, it's going good. I mean, I I I think I'm still constantly weighing when the right time is to potentially uh, get some development help to move a little bit faster. There's a whole slew of calendar integrations that I want to get built, but I also have a bunch of other non-integration related features that I want to build too. (laughs) And I know some of those some of these are going to be like pretty meaty, like take multiple weeks and. And I'm very hesitant to take on a project that big, you know, but I know that I can only put them off for so long. Got to do them. So, so thinking about that, but the nice thing is the the growth from this month has really like my forecast is looking much better now, even if I didn't achieve like default alive by May 1st, it's kind of my, in my head deadline, just being at a higher base. And then if I have modest growth on top of that over the next year, the business is still viable. So like, the cash balance will never run out at current expense level. So the forecast is looking a lot better, even in the worst case scenario, which is given, making me think like maybe I can make some bets on, on increasing the increasing monthly expenses a bit and getting some development help. Savvy Cal is an Elixir app, right? It is. Yep. Or, or Phoenix app. I mean, mm-hmm. yep. Nice. So if you are a really incredible Phoenix developer, you should cold email Derek. Yeah. And convince him to hire you, even though he has not officially decided to hire somebody. Oh, yeah. I like it. Please do reach out. Yeah. And tell him what the first feature you would build or something. Mm-hmm. Do a good job of convincing. Don't just say, I'm a Phoenix developer. Here's my GitHub. Mm-hmm. And for more tips like this, listen to <laughs> Full Stack Radio. <laughs> when does that episode drop? Do you know? Uh, Adam said it's either going to go out really fast or not for a long time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so who knows? He's a little busy building the uh, building tailwind. I, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know quite what determines which which goes which way. But okay, all right. I can't promise a release date. But yeah, I, I think one one of our points was kind of that, like in general, if you email the founder of a company and have a great proposal for a thing you could do for them, you might be able to like, get them to agree to it because there's a lot of work to like decide that you're going to hire somebody and then get the job post together and then put it and publish it and, and interview people and blah blah blah. And so sometimes if you're just like a little bit cheeky and write a really good pitch and show you understand the business and are savvy and can manage yourself, then uh, you might be able to just get something before that becomes public. Totally. I love it. Yeah. It takes a lot of the work, a lot of the, just kind of the work out of, um, you know, writing a job description, putting it out there, vetting a bunch of candidates who didn't put in effort. Like if you can help shortcut that process for, for a founder, it's big. <laughs> it's really and big. like you raised money. It's just, it's sitting in the bank. Mm-hmm. So like there's, there's money there to spend on things. And if you, Someone could make it really easy for you to spend on them. Who knows? Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I might just say yes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, this is great. I'm excited for you. Yeah, thank you. I'm thank also you. psyched to see you pushing annual plans. <laughs> yeah, yep. Even if even if they might have a high uh, cost of acquisition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still, I think, I think it's great. And I, yeah, I've been thinking about this too. I'm, I definitely want to get that annual pitch plugged into the, you know, post-conversion flow at the very least you know once someone's been a customer for like a month or two pitch them on annual and it's kind of a no-brainer like save two months so if you're 
pretty well convinced you're gonna use the product you might as well do it so yeah nice yeah yep we're we're getting the we need one more analytics event to fire so that i can target correctly and then i'm going to add that to our email Mm -hmm. like onboarding campaign basically as well yeah that's a good one yep cool all right i'm gonna let you go tend your your twitter madness all right all right sounds good (laughs) all right uh notes the show notes of the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com thanks for listening yeah